Hey guys, this is episode 10 of Perspectives on Fire. I'm your host, Ricky Studensky, and my guest today is Debbie Goldsmith, who is the co-founder of Aardvark Israel and currently the director of the program. Along with that, she made Aliyah here in 2001 and been in Jewish and Zionism education for 20 years. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you. No worries. So how's your day been? Uh, so far, so good. I had a really great staff meeting this morning. That's good. So how do you, so tell the audience about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, so as you can tell from my accent, I grew up in the United States. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and uh, when I was 17 years old, I came on my first trip to Israel and um, basically fell in love with the country. Um, I uh, did a gap year in Israel and I did my uh, university and graduate degrees in New York. And as you said, in 2001, I made Aliyah to Israel. And I've been working in the field of Jewish Zionist education um, uh, my entire adult life. Yes. So we found Aardvark, so, um, so as you're founder of Aardvark, tell us about the story of like how you got started and where the name comes from. Okay. Um, so prior to Aardvark, um, I worked for another gap year program. Um, I was there for 10 years and over the course of, uh, of my career, I was involved in many different aspects of the program. And, uh, when I, when I finished my role there, I was the assistant director of the, of the program. Um, we worked with, uh, mainly students from the United States and Great Britain, um, and together with Keith Berman, who is one of our co-founders, as well as Simon Cohen, our third co-founder, um, after more than a decade of working together, we decided that we wanted a new challenge, that we wanted to create something new, uh, something that would better represent the, um, the interests of students and uh, better represent what was most relevant uh, and engaging for young people today. Um, and so we decided to take a leap of faith and leave our jobs and create something new. Um, and, uh, and thank God it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so from the program, so where does the name come from? So that's an interesting story. Um, Keith Berman, uh, who passed away, unfortunately, two years ago, um, was a fascinating character. Um, he uh, lived and breathed Jewish Zionist education, um, and he was creative and visionary. Uh, and as we were looking for a name for the program, we discussed a variety of, uh, of different options, but some of the concepts that keep, kept coming up were that we wanted a name um, that was memorable, that was different, that was fun, um, and that represented that we were creating something that we hoped would be out of the box. Um, and over the course of our conversations, he said to me at one point, it could be called anything. It could be called aardvark. <laughs> And I said, no, it couldn't. And he said, no, no, actually, I think it could. It, 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 it is. Look, this was in 2010. And at the time, he said to me, Lady Gaga is weird and different and crazy popular. Avatar. And what the hell does Apple have to do with computers? It's going to be aardvark. And I said, no, I don't think so. 
Um, but ultimately, I lost that vote. <laughs> and, uh, and the truth is, he was right. Um, because it is a little silly, I admit, and Israelis cannot pronounce it. Um, and South Africans make fun of it. But um, it is memorable, and it is different. And, um, and it does, I think, demonstrate that what we're doing here is, is something that is um, out of the box and, and attempting, um, I think successfully, to, uh, to reach today's youth in a way that's most meaningful to them. As well, because it worked very well. Like, like when I'm like, I was thinking about going on going to Israel, that was like the other programs I saw. It didn't really caught my eye of like, that's what I don't want to do for a year until Simon came to my school and then like saw Arthur and was like, this is different. This is actually something I would actually want to spend like five months to a year on. Right, right. So, and I, I will admit it doesn't hurt that it starts with an A. In, from a marketing perspective, as well as it being uh, memorable, it also happens to come at the beginning of the alphabet, which is, you know, a little, a little helpful here and there. <laughs> helpful. Fair enough. So, Bali, as you made Aliyah here nearly in 2001, what made you decide to come move here? Well, so I mentioned that I came for the first time when I was 17, and I knew by the end of that summer program that I wanted to come back for a gap year. Um, I did that. I spent half the year in Jerusalem studying at Hebrew University and half the year on a kibbutz um, volunteering. Yeah. And throughout university, every chance I got to come back to Israel, I took. Um, and at some point over the course of my undergraduate degree, I, I really asked myself the question, if you're going back and going back and going back, maybe you really should just be there. Um, it's hard for me to explain to people why I made Aliyah. It's, it's one of those intangible things, like why do you fall in love with another person? You can point to individual things, but there's also something that's inexplicable. Um, and, and for me, that's my relationship with Israel. There's plenty of things that I love. There's plenty of things that frustrate me. But ultimately, when I look at my children, and I, and I see the environment they're being raised in and the values they're being raised with and the people that they're becoming, I'm really proud. Um, who I am as a person is so shaped by my Jewish identity and my, and my love of, of, of Jewish peoplehood and, and the state of Israel. Um, I wasn't running away from America, um, but, but I was running to something. Um, and uh, so again, I took a leap of faith and I got on an airplane, probably being a little naive of how hard it could be at times. Um, but, uh, but I've never, in the 16 years I've been here, I've never considered moving back uh, or moving anywhere else for that matter. Right. So um, like with Arthbach, as you like, um, run it like day to day, what are the challenges you like go through each time? Like every day, like what are the challenges that incur? Okay. Um, so each year, I say to myself, I've been doing this so long, I've seen it all, and each year I'm surprised by the, the new challenges that come up. Um, but I think there's really, um, there's really two themes to the challenge. Um, and, and both of those themes are actually also positive. Um, they, they may be hard and sometimes difficult, but they're also really positive for me. Uh, the first is the population of students I work with. Um, 18 to 21 year olds by nature are meant to be experimenting and exploring and making mistakes. Um, 
it's a, it's a critical time in a person's development. Um, and on the one hand, that leads to amazing opportunity and excitement. And it's so fulfilling to see the personal growth um, and learning that goes on. Uh, at the same time, it also leads to plenty of um, drama and, uh, and challenges and, uh, you know, and, and things that keep me up at night. Um, and the other piece, I think, the other challenge that I feel like I deal with on a constant basis is really this question of relevance, of what was relevant to me as an 18-year-old 20-something years ago is not relevant to today's 18-year-old. Um, and keeping things fresh and interesting and on target for today's youth in a fast-paced, ever-changing world um, is, a, is a professional challenge um, that is exciting, um, but, um, but requires a lot of attention. Um, how can we come up with new opportunities for students, new programs, new, um, new ways of dealing with um, the, the world we live in today and the young people that we attract on the program um, who come from all over the world uh, and, and each um, culture uh, brings its own, its own uh, challenges as well. Nice. So three more questions. If you had to, to wrap it up, if you had to recommend a, if you had to recommend a book to um for a friend to read, what would it be and why? Okay, um, I think it would be the book Good to Great by James Collins. Um, it's actually a business book, but I think that there's applications outside of the business world as well. Um, the first time I read this book was actually in the context of a staff meeting. Um, we did a little book club with our senior staff years ago. Um, and we read this book together and reflected on it together. And it was uh, an amazing process. And some of the things that stick out for me in the book, um, which I think apply to many different fields and, and uh, workplaces, um, are the ideas of not just trying to achieve something good, um, but really trying to take it to the next level and achieve something great. What's the difference between a good company and a great company? What's the, good, the difference between a good relationship and a great relationship? Um, or a good class and a great class? Um, Another concept from the book um, that I really like is, is the idea of building a team or having people around you, whether it's in a workplace or in your social life or in your family. Um, people that, that help build you up and that, um, that contribute in their own way, having the right people on the bus and having them sitting in the right places. Um, making sure that, that people are being utilized for their strengths and not being asked um, necessarily to do something that's outside of their, their, um, their repertoire um, just because that's what the job entails. Sometimes you have to mold a job to a person and sometimes you have to find the right person for the job. And I think that, like I said, I think that that concept also um, can be applied to our, our personal lives. Who are the people we want surrounding us? 
who are the people um, we want as our confidants and who are the people we want as our advisors and who are the people that we want, you know, uh, just to go out and have fun with. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot more in the book too. But I, for me, it, a lot of the uh, the concepts in the book are helpful to me at work and also helpful to me outside of work. Very. That's a very nice response. Thank you. Nice. So, if you had to give, if you had to make a phone call to your eighteen-year-old self, what advice would you give and why? My eighteen-year-old self, I would say, get up and get out. Um, when I was eighteen, I was in Israel and I did a lot and accomplished a lot and it made a lasting impact on me. But when I look back, I know that I didn't do enough with my free time. That I fell into a trap at times that a lot of young people go through of um, either lacking the motivation or lacking the confidence to go outside my comfort zone and to try new things and um, to really go and explore. Um, I, I just I think I would advise myself to do more with my free time. Nice. So, last question: How do you define success? So this is the hardest question I think. Um, there's a part of me that wants to say that achieving success is is living up to your potential. Um, but I think that sometimes you can be successful even if you fail that you, there may still be the potential to succeed in some area, but you just may not have gotten there yet. And I like to look at failure as part of the process and not necessarily um, a roadblock. Um, learning from your failures is a success. Um, in my own life, I look back and I know that there were things that I wish I could have done differently, but the learning process um, was in some ways even greater from a failure um, than if I had just succeeded in the first place. Um, so I don't know, maybe continuing, continuing to move forward. Um, but it's a very hard question. It is the last time um, every single person I like said this question to, they found it like very hard. To answer some of them, it was pretty easy for them, but like with some of those people, a lot of them had more way more life experience out there, like say, like, like 40 or 50, something like that. And it was easy for them than someone who was like younger. Mm -hmm. So, I see where you're coming from, it's a hard question, yeah. And we don't need to talk about my age. <laughs> no, you're 21, it's fine, uh huh. That's what all the gray hair says. <laughs> Yeah, so that's your de that's your definition, like your what you said earlier. I would say it's a work in progress. My definition. I think everything's a work. Life it was like work in progress in life. <laughs> so it's so good. But thank you very much for your time. Really enjoyed this. It's my pleasure, and it's a pleasure having you here on the program as well. It's a pleasure for um for like helping us. Um, it's a pleasure having you help us, like with everything, like. We need also provide us an opportunity to like be a part of Israeli society. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you.